what does it mean to be well-formed? Life is the preeminent issue. Vote for life. Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our very special guest is Michael Warsaw. Michael is the chairman of the board and chief executive officer of the EWTN Global Catholic Network and the publisher of the National Catholic Register. And so, Michael, thank you for joining us today. Uh, My pleasure. Good to be with you, Deacon. Well, before we get into the meat and potatoes of this election that's coming up uh, just in a couple days and the importance of it, what kind of exciting things are happening at EWTN that people should hear about? You know, uh, it's always a great day at EWTN. Uh, You know, the feedback we get from people around the world has just just been tremendous, and particularly during this COVID time. uh, You know, people have just turned to us in record numbers, and and it's just been very heartening and uh, wonderful and and affirming to hear the response that we're getting from people. Uh, We continue to expand, you know, certainly globally. Uh, We recently, within the last year, launched a new news service in in Africa that's based out of uh, Nairobi, uh, and that's creating content in English, French, and Portuguese for the African continent. Um, We have a number of other initiatives uh, as well around the world, but uh, always always a lot of exciting things going on. Well, the one thing I really appreciate about it, and I'm a convert, so EWTN was instrumental in me coming into the church uh, and Mother Angelica, but you you guys are just such a beacon of light and of truth in a world that likes to hide the truth or deny the truth or whatever they like to do with it, but they don't like to embrace it. And you guys are such, do such a great job, really your, your reach throughout the world of sharing that truth that the world so desperately needs to hear. So thank you for all that. We're going to talk about the election coming up and how important it is. You've written a couple articles this month. Uh, one about religious freedom is on the ballot and then voting for a vision, not a person. Uh, but before we get into, you know, the voting, you know, it's important to talk about how important this is. And, you know, in one of your articles, you mentioned, you know, the challenges that EWTN faced and, you know, the Catholic Church in general with eight years of the Obama administration, uh, right. specifically with the uh, Health and Human Services Department. Can you talk about a little about what you went through and how, you know, that religious liberty really uh, was tested? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, of course, many of our listeners might be familiar with the, the Health and Human Services mandate, um, as it was referred to. Uh, this was a provision uh, or a regulation that uh, was promulgated by the Department of Health and Human Services under the Obamacare uh, legislation that uh, essentially sought to force employers, including religious employers, um, to provide contraception, uh, abortion-inducing drugs, uh, you know, all of that as part of our uh, of our healthcare plans that we provide for our employees. So EWTN was one of the first uh, entities to file suit against the government over that. Um, the Little Sisters of the Poor, uh, of course, uh, followed, and uh, you know, their their case uh, obviously gained significant prominence. Um, so we, and, and along with the little sisters uh, and others, you know, spent many, many years fighting against this this intrusion on our religious liberty. Um, there was no uh, provision for conscience protection. There was no uh, provision for uh, religious entities to opt out without violating our conscience. And so, 
um, it, it, it was an important fight to have, and uh, it was an important point to make, I think, uh, for us and, and the other entities like the Little Sisters. Um, and so that went on for almost seven years before, in our case, we, we reached a settlement with the government. But unfortunately for the Little Sisters uh, and, and some others, you know, that fight is not over. Um, it, it, it ended up, uh, being something that the states picked up and, and then ended up again in the, as a second round in, in the federal courts. Um, and we've heard throughout, uh, the election, uh, from, uh, Vice President Biden that, uh, you know, he, he would, um, intend to force, uh, the little sisters to comply with that mandate, um, among other things. And so, um, so despite the fact that, that we've spent years and years trying to defend our rights in court, uh, years and years trying to resolve this in a, in a reasonable way that respects our conscience and, and, and our religious freedom, um, it's still really, it's still really not over, you know, and, and, uh, these challenges to religious liberty, uh, are ongoing and they're ongoing at, at almost every level of government. Um, you know, sometimes people think when they hear religious freedom and religious liberty issues, they're thinking of, you know, something on some distant shore somewhere. And the reality is it's, it's right here at home that we're facing these, these same issues. Um, and, and I think uh, this election, um, this is an important issue. This is a significant issue. You have two different visions of the country at, at stake here. Um, and it's really, as I pointed out in one of the pieces that you referenced, um, it, it's really about a vision of America. It's really about uh, you know how the two different parties and and the two different uh, uh, camps um, really see religion in America and and how they see America. Um, you know, in 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 with one party, you have you have a party that believes in a platform that's based around the idea that America is made better by uh, people of faith. It's made better by uh, people who exercise their beliefs in the public square um, versus, versus the other party that, that really sees religion as something that one does in the privacy of one's home, maybe behind uh, the four walls of a church, but certainly not something that one brings into the public square. Um, that, that, that view sees religion as not part of the solution to our country's challenges. It sees religion as a problem and as part of the problem with our country. And it sees religion and people of faith as, as uh, something that needs to be controlled, that needs to be regulated, that needs to be silenced and pushed out of the public square. And, you know, my, my argument in, the, in that piece was really uh, America is, is less, uh, it's less of a nation. We, we, we face greater challenges if we allow the, the voice of faithful people to be pushed from the public square and pushed from uh, our, our public debate. Well, it's almost like really they, they pretend to tolerate the faith and religious freedom. But we saw this past, you know, what, about a year ago that the Congress passed the Equality Act. Right. Which was anything but equality, which would have been an assault on religious freedom in every aspect of our life. We saw the Supreme Court 
just change employment law with Bostock versus Clayton County making gender identity uh, a protected class. So for people who think, you know, we're just making this stuff up or it's really not that important, it is ultra critical that people understand that life, marriage and religious liberty are the foundational issues that need to be voted that are going to be voted on this election. And there are no two ways about it. And for those, and even, you know, within the church, it drives me up a wall. We have bishops who think immigration and climate control are as important as these other issues. Well, let me tell you something. They're wrong. They aren't as important as these issues. These, These are the preeminent. These are the foundational issues that cannot be negotiated. And I don't think you could have stated any more clearly. There are two different visions of America. One, I hate America and we need to redo it and scrub the religion out of it. And geez, we've seen that before in communism and socialist countries. And, you know, or do we like, or is religion foundational? Because let's be honest, if it wasn't for the religious groups, not just Catholic charities, but many, there would be very little, if any, charity work going on. Exactly, exactly. No, no, precisely. And our founders understood that religion... And people of faith had a had a role to play in in American society, and uh, as I said, now now we're we're faced with these two stark realities of one one uh, political group that that on one hand sees the family, sees life, sees religious freedom and conscience protection as as essentials as, as essential to preserving the republic. Um, versus those that that argue publicly against that in every way, shape, and form, whether it's by uh, insisting on codifying Roe v. Wade, uh, whether it's uh, you know other attacks on life, attacks on marriage and family, um, the, the just as I said, that that party sees religion as a problem and people of faith as a problem. Well, I and, laughed because you did you, had, you actually had a quote in in one of your articles from a Patrick uh Carolyn, I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name, who's with Vote Good or Vote Common Good and is campaigning for Vice President Biden. And he's basically denying we need to stop spreading the myth that our religious freedom is being violated adding that there exactly. is no war against Catholicism. I don't know what hole his head's been hiding in. But he has no clue, or either that, or he's just flat out lying. Well, I think that's I think that's just simply a lie. Uh, I think it's it's pretty self evident that uh, there is a war there is a war on religion, there is a war on on Catholics, uh, and uh, you have one of the presidential candidates and one of the major parties uh, that is absolutely committed to that. Uh, agenda and committed to that approach. And, and that's very frightening. And that's what people have to understand. And it's kind of what I was trying to argue in, in the, the voting for a vision piece, um, which is, you know, it's not really about the personalities. It's not really about, uh, at the end of the day, the, um, the, the individual. It's, it's really about the, the, the vision as a whole and the philosophy as a whole. And what is, for us as Catholics, what is most compatible with our with our Catholic faith and and with our morals and beliefs, um, you know, and certainly you you touched on you know this this issue of life and and our the U.S. bishops were very clear 
very, very clear in, in their statement on uh, faithful citizenship that life is the preeminent issue, that it is always the preeminent issue. And uh, that has to be the basis for uh, our decisions when we walk into that voting booth or fill out our ballot, as it may be. Yeah, and I, you know, I've told people before, I've preached on this. Look, if you support abortion, you should not be receiving communion. You're bringing condemnation upon yourself, and that's that's how important it is. That is, you're you're partaking in murder, and marriage again is another non-negotiable. It's between a man and a woman, right? For to be unitive and procreative, and then the religious freedom. I mean, you, we can't get more clear yet. When they do polling, half the Catholics think that. You know, the the vision of America is terrible. We need to scrub religion and candidates that have actually uh, overseen same sex marriages that have that have a 100 percent rating from NARAL that they're voting for them. And those Catholics need to wake up because that is not following the teachings of the church. And if that's your support. You should not be presenting yourself for communion because you're going to bring condemnation upon yourself, as St. Paul tells us. Absolutely. I think one of the things we've done at EWTN in our news throughout um, this last year is, is done a number of polls uh, with uh, together with Real Clear uh, polling uh, to really look at and study uh, the Catholic electorate and, and uh, uh, the Catholic uh, vote, really. Um, and, and, you know, and it's clear that, that there's a significant uh, difference between the attitudes of those who self-identify as Catholics, uh, but who really don't practice, uh, versus those who are who are in church, you know, every week or more often. Um, and and the more you the more you practice the faith, the more you're engaged with your faith, uh, the more you're committed to your faith, uh, the more that impacts your your views on these issues. And and so I think one of the things, unfortunately, that we're we're dealing with and, and seeing is, uh, you know, generations of poor catechesis, uh, generations of uh, mixed messages, uh, you know, and, and so that's coming home to roost now and, and, and reflective in, in uh, this polling that does show that, that among self-identified Catholics, they really don't understand the teachings of the Church, and so they're led astray, uh, led astray by by. Uh, some of these uh, positions and some of these candidates who are advocating for things that are clearly, clearly beyond not just the teaching of the church, but but in uh, so many cases just beyond the natural law, and and so it's it's uh, it's a real challenge. Um, I think it's a uh, from my perspective as as you know, uh, at EWTN, I think it's a it's an opportunity. Um, it's about catechizing and evangelizing and really. Um, I think trying to t- use these moments to teach people uh, what the church says and why the church says what she says. Well, and you guys do such a great job of that, and it is so important. Uh, you know, we got to remind people we are the church militant, right? We're not the church passive. And the other thing is, you know, for people who don't understand the teaching of the church, hey, they have they have plenty of outlets. EWTN, you can go on Catholic Answers. Plenty of good apostolates out there. There really isn't an excuse not to know the teachings of the church, unless you just want to be ignorant, right? I mean, there you have plenty of opportunities for people to to understand the beauty behind the teachings of the church. Exactly, exactly. We, uh, those of us who live in this present moment, 
with our smartphones and tablets and digital world that we live in have more ways and more opportunities to, to learn and to know what the church teaches and authentically teaches uh, than, than any other time in, in the history of the world. And so um, there is no excuse for being ignorant of what the church says. You know, the other challenge, uh, and you know, I've, I, I, Came, I was a convert, came into the church, started to work for the church, and I thought, oh, this is going to be great. You know, my expectations were so much higher, yet things weren't a lot different, so it actually felt worse to me. Uh, but, you know, you at EWTN, you know, you guys have felt the attacks from within the church and outside the church. Have you figured out which ones are worse? Um. You know, in, in some ways, I, I always have felt that the, the attacks from inside the church— feel worse um, just simply because you have that higher expectation and, and that you, um, you know, the, the attacks that come from within the family are, are always going to be more painful. Um, and so when uh, when that happens, uh, you know, we, we obviously, uh, um, you know, we have to, we have to uh, just pray for those who, who attack us, pray for those who are misguided, pray for those who are, um, not really reflecting truly what the church's uh, teaching is. Well, and that's what you guys do so well, reflect, not only reflect, but share, the again, the te- church teaching, the beauty behind the church teaching. You know, just last week, you know, we had the, the movie that came out with the quote from Pope Francis talking about him personally supporting civil unions, you know, who knows what, you know, if it was edited or whatever, but nobody's come out and said, no, that's not what was said or that's not what was meant. Um, you know, it, it is, isn't it a challenge when you continue to share the truth yet in the hierarchy all the way up to the Pope, he, he makes these statements that, that are conceived or, you know, maybe it's on purpose. I don't know, but people perceive these and think, oh, well, church, the church teachings have changed. I've heard that. I don't know how many times in the last week. Well, it, it certainly creates a great deal of confusion, and and um, you know I, I think it's very clear um, from what we've reported and others have reported that in the case of this documentary, um, the the filmmaker edited uh, what the Pope said to make it appear that he was uh, saying things that he really, frankly, wasn't, and sort of taking those comments out of context. But regardless, um, there's not been a, 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 I think a good clarification at all by by the Holy See about what the Holy Father meant. Um, I think we we know with certainty from what he has said, both as uh, Archbishop of Buenos Aires and 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 as the Holy Father, that you know he does not support same sex marriage. He does not uh, support adoption, for example, by same sex couples. He's very clear on these on these issues. Um, and so, uh, unfortunately, though, the lack of clarity uh, on this just creates more confusion. And, and it is something that uh, is used by those who are actually enemies of the Church and enemies of, of what the Church uh, is proclaiming to society. Um, it allows them to, to try to drive a wedge uh, between Catholics and and uh, to 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 push their own agenda, um, Catholic News Agency, which of course is part of EWTN, uh, 
published a great piece um, within the last several days on this um, that was arguing that, you know, the Washington Post uh, was was uh, among others. But the Washington Post was really trying to use the pope against the church. Uh, and it's it's a it's a fascinating sort of analysis of the fact that, you know, in that piece, the, the post uh, is quoted as saying, you know, is the is the church's position, um, you know, yeah, consistent with the Pope's position. Um, this is this is talking about um, the arguments that have been made with regard to uh, the, the adoption case that's be that, that's heading to the Supreme Court or before the Supreme Court um, with uh, uh, Catholic adoption agencies uh, versus the city of Philadelphia, uh, where uh, the city of Philadelphia, you know, would not allow. Um, Catholic agencies to participate in in the adoption process any longer because uh, they would not place children with same-sex couples. Um, So you have, you know, a a major media outlet that is trying to make the case that the Pope, uh, the Pope is, is effectively contradicting the church and the church's position when the reality is the Holy Father has spoken very specifically on, on the case of same-sex couples being able to adopt and, and is not in favor of that, opposes that. Um, but, you know, this all goes back to the religious liberty challenges we were talking about. This is this is yet another example of, of the challenges that we face as people of faith, you know, these, these adoption cases. Uh, there's another case uh, that is uh, winding its way through the courts in Indiana over uh, uh, a... a same-sex uh, married couple there who were teachers in Catholic schools who were dismissed. Yep. Um, and and uh, you know the, the the church there is arguing it's it's right to do so uh, based on on the fact that they're obviously not consistent with church teaching. Um, and there are those who are trying to make the case that you know the Holy Father's statement uh, on civil unions. Uh, contradicts the argument that the church is making in that case when that is not simply true it's just not true well but, but these it, are yeah but in the in the end you got to come out and you know if there is confusion like if i say something and somebody's like i don't know what you mean then i have an obligation to speak and be clear and be clear about what i said and that's i think that's the challenge right if if it is that not his position just come out and say that Right. I mean, why wouldn't you do that? Why give the other side the ammunition? Because it does make everybody's else, everybody else's life that much more difficult. And it is a very divisive uh, way to communicate. I, I, I don't disagree with you at all. You guys at EWTN do such a great job of, of bringing that kind of clarity of of what's happening, what's going on and the true teachings of the church. Because, geez, there better be a place people can go that they know that they can rely on, and that's what you guys have built there, which is fantastic. Well, thank you. No, I, I think that's always important to us is is like one of the things that we bring to all of these discussions, whether it's you know through news or, or whatever outlet it is. It, it's really the context. It's really that understanding and, and that perspective. And, um, and so it is for 40 years that's what – we've been doing and that's what mother angelica founded ewtn to be and and uh so we continue that mission today and and obviously in these very very challenging times uh both within the church and and within secular society um i think it's an extremely important role and and certainly hope that um 
we can help people to discern what they what they need to do when they step into that voting booth. Well, and you know, there's a, a recent article that you guys just put on, uh, and I say you guys, EWTN, but really the National Catholic Register. Paul Kengor just did a really interesting piece about what happened in the early 90s between two senators, Rudman and another guy named Biden, and how they were able to, you know, get Justice Souter on the Supreme Court uh, and really have him make sure he defended keeping Roe versus Wade the law of the land. I mean, you guys put a lot of really good content out that that really educate people, and people need to read that before they go ahead and make their voting selection because don't believe what the out, outside media is saying. Look at the facts and look at what these people have done and what they've stood for for decades. No, exactly. I think um, they're, they're, that's, a, that's a wonderful piece. There are several others uh, where, we, where we do point out that um, unfortunately, some of some of those, both at the top of the ticket and, and down ballot, who uh, you know once were the great advocates of you know defending life, um, and and uh, you know whether it's it's the uh, the Hyde Amendment or or the Mexico City policy, all of these things that prohibit government funding of abortions or exporting the abortion, um, now suddenly have shifted because the political winds have shifted and it's expedient for them to do so. Um, and now they, they are you know, completely opposed to the things that they once, once supported. Um, and that's very telling. I think it's, I think we should all look at that and say, you know, what, what has brought about this change? Um, so these are, these are no doubt challenging times, but again, as, as we talked about at the beginning, I think, um, you have to vote for life. People have to vote for life. There's no question about that. And life is the preeminent issue. And, and that is part of the vision and the difference in vision between the two, the two parties and, and uh, their candidates. And that is what we need to be voting for when we cast our ballot. Well, and I think, you know, the point is, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it usually is a duck. And so I appreciate your guys' clarity on all this, especially, you know, bringing out the two different visions. You know, we're down to about the last, you know, 15, 20 seconds. Uh, can you just tell people, look, you got to vote based on the Catholic teachings, right? A well-formed conscience. Absolutely. Absolutely. And often that idea of you know, well-formed conscience is... is uh, kind of used as a foil but um you know that what is what does it mean to be well formed well i can tell you in this case uh as we said life is the preeminent issue vote for life 